Hey, Michigan, let's talk golf. Here's Mike Sullivan, the most inconsistent golfer ever. In your life have you seen anything like that? And Kyle Bogey, wait, how can a guy with that name host a golf show? We'll never know. Better than most. It's the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Powered by our presenting partner, Hall Financial. All right, welcome into another edition of the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast presented by our friends over at Hall Financial. Uh, Of course, you can go to hallmdg.com if you want to find out a little bit more information, if you're looking to refinance, purchase a home, whatever it is. Uh, Hall Financial, look, it's a new year. Mortgage rates are likely to increase soon, so you got to act now. This is your chance to refinance and lock in a low rate. You need to call Hall Financial right now, get started with a free five-minute mortgage review in as little as five minutes. Hall Financial, take a good look at your financial situation and help you lower your monthly mortgage payment. Hall Financial, the number one priority, client service. Over 4,000 five-star reviews. With that, why would you go anywhere else? Not only is Hall Financial going to treat you like family, but they can also close your loan in eight business days or less. They are the fastest in the industry. Okay, One client saying, great communication, friendly staff, and a quick turnaround. We were able to shave PMI off of our loan and save some money every single month. Get started today, 866-CALL-HALL, or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. And we appreciate the partnership with with D Hall. Of course, we had D Hall on not too long ago. Always good to talk a little golf with him and, and poke fun at Tiger Woods and everything that's going on. But um, you know, a good podcast today. And honestly, uh, don't want to spend too much time before it because it is a pretty lengthy interview um, with Chantel McCabe of Sirius XM. She'll be doing PGA Tour Live. Uh, has been in the golf broadcasting business now for uh, an extended period of time covering uh, the LPGA, the PGA. And of course, uh, you know, most recently she was out at the PNC championship where uh, Nellie Corda and her dad and, and Tiger and Charlie Woods were able to go out there and compete and have a great time. Uh, of course, John Daly and, uh, and little John, uh, although you're not supposed to call him that anymore, were able to get the big win, but um, a fascinating event uh, and something that I think is just going to continue to grow uh, for years to come. But uh, a, a very, very exciting uh, conversation with her. And certainly, you know, we dive into a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, golf broadcasting, the game of golf, how it's evolving, uh, certainly keeping tabs on how things are changing with PGA Tour Live and, and what that is going to look like uh, here as we move forward. Because, I mean, I'm extremely excited to see, you know, some of the changes and the expanded coverage uh, and everything that's going to come with that. Uh, it should be absolutely sensational. So, um, you know, again, really looking forward to, you know, seeing how that's going to change, how it's going to improve, you know, I think our viewing experience and our ability to just get closer uh, to everything that we're seeing. So, uh, again, extremely exciting. If you're a golf fan, I think you should be really, really intrigued by what is going to be, you know, happening um, in the golf world and in the golf broadcasting world. So a great conversation with her. And by the way, uh, we've hit the final week of the NFL football regular season. College football, of course, headed to the national championship. DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to get all fans in on the action for this exciting time on the football calendar. New customers can bet just $5 on any football team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So let's wind down the season with a nice win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on football with same game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. DraftKings, safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash 
whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code MDG. Bet just $5 on any football team, college or pro, and win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code MDG this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 or older, Michigan only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. And with that, I, I want to jump right into our extended conversation with Chantel McCabe of Sirius XM. Uh, she has uh, an incredible show there, of course. Uh, you'll see her on PGA Tour Live as well, and uh, looking forward to a great year for her. A, a lot of great expanded coverage for the game of golf. Uh, we dive into all of that uh, on that conversation here on the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast, presented by our friends at Hall Financial. All right, well, here we are on the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast presented by our sponsor, Hall Financial, the great people over at Hall. Of course, if you're looking to, you know, potentially refinance or, you know, get into the mortgage industry, whatever it may be, you're looking to purchase a home, certainly go to hallmdg.com. And, you know, really excited to have a guest on who I would say a majority of this community probably would want to trade jobs with. Um, Chantel McCabe is with Sirius XM, has done PGA Tour Live. You'll certainly see her uh, on the Golf Channel as well. And I, I, you know, let's just jump right in. Chantel, first of all, appreciate you, you know, joining us here in the MDG podcast. But secondly, it, it has to be just an unbelievable experience to be in the position that you are where you're traveling to tournaments, you're, you're covering events, uh, you know, doing interviews with players, things like that. Uh, if you can just touch on how exciting that is, uh, first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, I I really did fall into golf. I was never planning on uh, covering golf. I, I played very little myself uh, before moving down to Florida and taking the job at Golf Channel years ago. But it was meant to be. God works in mysterious ways. I came from covering politics, and I was always known as the hockey girl I covered a little bit of NFL. I've covered a little bit of um, baseball and lacrosse going back to an MLL major league lacrosse was still a thing, but it, um, it sort of fell into my lap and I, I took it on. I really leaned into it and I completely fell in love. So a lot of people have said, would you ever go back to hockey? I still cover lacrosse and um, for the PLL and, um, I enjoy that as well. It's completely different than golf and, <laughs> yeah. and personality and uh, all those things. But no, golf has been my calling. And I, I know that because I'm just passionate about the growing the game. It's so overused and a lot of people don't put their money where their mouth is. I know you guys are um, because you you really invest in the grassroots and bringing a community together. So um, I know that's something that you can relate to, but it's so much more than that. Um, here you are branching out with marketing and, uh, trying to give a little boost to the businesses who are our lifeline in terms of golf courses, making them run, uh, making things more efficient, bringing things up to speed. So, um, I love the golf industry. It's not just covering the big tournaments. I, I, genuinely love the inner workings of it and I think that's why you will have to pull me out of this industry kicking and screaming. 
See, I, I think you bring up a good point. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, kind of the, the background and, and what it takes, I think, to get a golf course ready to go on a daily basis or plan for one tournament, you know, for the year where you have literally it's your time to shine for that entire week. If you're putting on a PGA Tour event or an LPGA Tour event, whatever it might be, we, we've developed a great relationship with the uh, MIGCSA, the uh, Michigan Golf Course Superintendents Association. That to them. To me, Oh, huge. I mean, and we did a feature on them. We did a video series and showed up to, you know, where they, they meet in the morning at like 5, 6 a.m. You know, it's dark yeah. and nothing's going on. The amount of work that goes on behind the scenes, whether it's superintendents, uh, GMs, uh, people are working in the food and beverage portion. It is amazing what goes on in the game of golf and what goes on when, where we don't see it. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, just like any other industry, the glory goes to very few, but the work is uh, really spread out. And I just respect the heck out of, um, and maybe it's because now I, I play, I, I am a high handicap, which I, I think that's a swear word. I prefer to say a leisure golfer. Because <laughs> um, I'm not trying to compete, um, you know, money games with my friends, that's fine, whatever. But um, it's supposed to be enjoyable, though. You know, I mean, that's the biggest thing. It, well, it's all about what you make it. If you want to compete, like I play with this girl who is unbelievable. She's probably a six handicap now. And that's, I mean, she used to be near scratch. Um, and she's in her fifties. She competes in any USJ, USGA event she can get into. Oh, wow. And it's, um, and she still enjoys playing with me though, which is nice because it just, it's kind of what you're looking for that day. So she gets the competitive juice slowing. She actually shot um, her best round with me, uh, at Bay Hill a couple months ago. So again, it's, it's not like my way is right. Or, um, you know, competing is the only way to go. It's, uh, kind of what you're looking for that day. And sometimes it's different things. And, uh, I certainly respect the people who are all competition all the time, but I'm going to be realistic. Uh, that's not <laughs> me. And I'm comfortable with that. Uh, maybe someday I'll, um, get the juices flowing a little more and crave it. But, um, I enjoy uh, being with my girlfriends, having a couple beverages, and uh, mm-hmm. even with my husband. We play match play. We'll always ask for my scorecard. I'm like, I wanted to show you my scorecard. I would, <laughs> but <laughs> um, my husband and I like to play match play because I'm good for a couple blow up holes around, and so is of he. Course. So it's kind of like who can manage less blow up holes, and so uh, that's that's my favorite is to get out on the golf course with my husband. Sounds cliche. But um, we do get the juices flowing a little, but um, it's it's uh, in a manageable way. Well, what, no, I, I love that. One, one of the things that, that I love most about the uh, the club that, that we're at here, uh, you know, in the Michigan area, Metro Detroit area is Red Run Golf Club. And the best part about it is after the first hole is when you hit the halfway shack. So literally you play the first hole to par five and then bam, you're straight to the bar to get a, get a drink or, or load up potentially in. The funny thing is it hinges sometimes. Like if you end up having a double to open up your round or, you know, you birdie the first hole or whatever, sometimes that encourages or discourages getting more drinks for, for the rest of the round. It's weird how that works. <laughs> exactly. I know. Sometimes the birdie juice helps. Sometimes the birdie juice um, is too plentiful. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, that, that's great to hear, though. And honestly, it's, it's funny because if you look at 2020 and everything that happened, um, I, I don't even want to mention the word COVID or pandemic. I'm so tired of hearing about it. But uh, 8 million people in 2020 either started playing golf for the first time or got back into the game of golf after spending years away from it. And, you know, I, I think 
that to me is as good a reason, you know, to be in golf and excited about golf and its future um, as any. So that that's great to hear that, you know, people just like you are, it's a leisure thing. Let's go have some fun. You know, let's have a drink. I, I think that that to me is what golf needs to embrace a little bit more as opposed to all the data and the numbers and what's your ball speed and, and things of that nature. It, it really does need to become more of a social thing. And I think we're seeing that um, nationwide and even worldwide. And I'm sure you see that on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think um, we're slowly coming around to that. Number one, uh, it benefits in the financial standpoint to have more nine hole courses. Uh, mm-hmm. I think 12 hole courses and 13 hole courses are becoming more accepted and that requires less land, uh, less resources. And um, so it's not just the demand, but I think a lot of people are coming around to the idea of like, this is what people want. And break, we always talk about breaking away from the old school. And um, I think there's a lot of benefit there. I mean, I have no desire to play 18 holes most of the time. I'm usually kind of mentally checked out, whether that's right <laughs> or wrong, by 13. And so, and the cost too of playing full 18 holes is a lot more intimidating. And that's what we always get back to is like, um, how do we make this game more affordable? Um, because going to a local tennis court, um, going, playing a pickup game of hoops, um, all these things going out to an empty field and playing catches a lot cheaper than going and playing, getting in a few holes in emergency nine. So uh, I think people are finally like making what makes sense match reality. Um, And we're seeing that places like the cradle um, at Pinehurst, which I know people will always keep quoting, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think all good things happening. There's a lot of um, women's groups that are popping up and I'm not here to beat the drum of include women. Like, no, it's happening. Yeah. Well, I understand that sometimes like guys want to go out and do their thing. Just like sometimes girls want to go out and do their thing. So I'm not trying to say like men should be inviting women. Like that's to me, that's not helping the messaging at all. Um, but I do think it's pretty cool that, uh, women are interested and there's some of these, like one of my great, greatest friends has distance, like I've never seen. And so, <laughs> The other thing that um, is obviously helping our industry as a whole is, you know, all, the new pop-ups like Pop Stroke, Drive Shack, not just uh, Top Golf. Mm-hmm. And so yep. there's an appetite. People are interested, and now it's um, kind of bringing the, all the concepts uh, onto paper and then um, putting it into place. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. And and you know, look, this doesn't have to be. And, and I, you just said it. You know, this. You know, we need to really push the women's game, and we need to say all this. I'll flat out say it. I, I've been watching the LPGA more of the last 12 to 15 months than I ever have in my entire life. And it's because the level of talent and the level of player uh, that they have coming up is unreal. And and we can get into the you know the men's game and all that, but seeing what the quarter sisters have done, Daniel Kang, you know, we, we ended up doing some work with the Solheim cup um, right in Toledo, which is like an hour from us uh, at Inverness and the, the passion, the energy, albeit the Americans lost, but still um, it, it truly is changing. And I, I do think that more and more people on a random, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are turning on the LPGA and seeing just flat out studs, young, incredibly talented girls, 
um, that are competing on the LPGA. And honestly, it's great to see. Yeah. I mean, I had the LPGA show on Sirius XM this past year and I had never uh, been full-time covering LPGA. And even so I'll admit, and I had said this on the show plenty that I was doing a lot of PGA tour events, working for USGA um, and highlighting their amateur angle, which to me is that like fuels me because the, listen, your first question I think was asking me about um, interviewing players and being in the heat of the moment. There's nothing that can replace that, but what speaks to my soul really is sharing and telling the stories and anybody who knows me knows that I don't BS. I have no motive to, you know, (laughs) hype the small guys, but um, this is real passion. And that is like real human. um, Like those interviews are rewarding. You don't really, and it's awful to say, you don't have to work quite as hard. I mean, in a different way. um, And now I'm, I'm getting into the art of the interview to get off topic. (laughs) That's okay. When you interview the the big dogs, when you interview top 50 players, when you interview the guys who week in, week out are making, um, you know, a hundred thousand minimum, um, the, the ATM machines, it's, <laughs> it's enjoyable and it's obvious. I mean, it, it does not get lost on me how fortunate I am, but, um, I also am respectful that they get inundated with requests and not every interview interview is going to be outstanding because that's just the nature of the ratio. Um, mm-hmm. And also it just, it means something different to them. And, you know, they're chasing greatness and uh, guys, Corn Ferry Tour amateurs are chasing, uh, you know, their opportunity to play again. And uh, that to me is just that, that really um, speaks to my soul. And so um, the interviews with guys that maybe not, don't get interviewed as much or have even never done an interview, you have to be crafty with your wording and kind of feel them out because you haven't gotten to catch on to their social cues if there's no past interviews to watch. And um, a lot of times you don't have the luxury of being out there week in, week out and having uh, the relationships uh, to know kind of what their pressure points are and what gets them to open up. So I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit because it's um, I said it was it's a little bit easier to interview these guys that are amateurs um, and maybe working up the professional ranks. But it's it's a different interview. And um Anyways, so I don't even know what, how I got onto that tangent, but um, it is, I think we were talking about, uh, how do we get from pop stroke to <laughs> here I we mean, are talking look, look, about the art of the interview? We're, we're a couple of golf nuts and, and there's so much to talk about. I, I mean, it is what it is. We're going to get off off track a little bit. I yes. think that that's totally okay. Keep it um, yeah, no, 100%. And and I think you bring up a good point, too, because I think it's harder now than it ever has been to get on the tour as well. And and I think people have no real understanding of what you have to do. Like we, um, you know, we, we ended up supporting Donnie Trosper, who's he's from Canton, Michigan, and went to Michigan State, then went to UCF, is now down in the Jupiter area, you know, pursuing golf and all that. And he played in three PGA Tour events last year. But he had to Monday qualify into, you know, those tournaments. He had to go out and shoot a 62 and a 63 just to get into the field. And, like, it, it's not just, yeah, I can go out there on a random day and shoot a 62 or 63. You have to shoot something like that in competition. People are around. Pressure is on. Other, yeah. other incredible players are out there doing the same exact thing. Like, the timing of when you can deliver that 62 or 63 
it has to show up at the perfect time, the perfect day, the perfect round. Otherwise, you're not going to get those opportunities. And I, I think there's so many people in golf, outside of golf, that just don't understand how difficult it is to get on the LPGA to get on the PGA. Yeah. Okay. That's what we were talking about was um, LPGA. And I think that's where my tangent went off. The LPGA <laughs> is increasingly difficult too. I mean, there's people mm-hmm. who kind of get trapped on Symmetra tour um, and it's not quite as stacked at the top um, in terms of, if you look at the top 15 players in the world, any of those guys um, could, you know, that's just interchangeable on in the PGA tour or excuse me, official world golf ranking for the men. But with the Rolex ranking for the women, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at two big dogs and, you know, Danielle King and um, a couple others will give them a run for their money. But um, yeah, it, it, covering the LPGA this past year and really being keeping tabs on the tour week in, week out is something I hadn't done before. And I was spoiled. Um, I can't think of a more explosive year um, than 2021. I mean, what especially you know selfishly you want to root for the americans um just like when the olympics come around um mm-hmm. to have nelly corda um have the explosive seasons she had she came out of her shell just from a you know likability standpoint i mean no matter she's a rock star story, yeah she is and um at first i think getting number one in the world it can close you up a little bit because there's you're inundated with requests and I get that but towards the end of the year I mean she came out of her shell she owned it and um, the vulnerability that she showed which she didn't have to there's plenty of other really 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 good um, LPGA players who will not show you vulnerability because for whatever reason that is but um, she had all the elements of a superstar and that's not to put pressure on her. That's just calling a spade a spade. Like, wow, we are really lucky. And even if she never plays that well again, like what a treat that, um, I, I got a front row seat to that and that did wonders for the game in the U S. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, and honestly, I thought it was, it was fitting timing as well. And, and I want to, you know, get into this a little bit as well with the PNC championship, because I know you were in Orlando um, and covering the event, but, you know, Nelly having such an amazing season and rising up. And as you said, you know, coming out of her shell, all of a sudden she's boom, you know, vaulted onto, you know, a stage where Tiger Woods is all of a sudden returning and playing with his son, Charlie. And, you know, after everything that he's been through over the last year, w- what an opportunity, you know, I mean, obviously for Tiger and his son, but but for Nellie and her dad, you know, to be able to go out and, and have that stage and, and be with some of the biggest names and, and best players in the game of golf, I thought that was really fitting, um, a fitting way to end the season, I think, you know, for them. But um, as far as the PNC Championship, you know, is concerned, what what is that, covering that, what, what is that event like? Because it feels far more relaxed and and fun as opposed to <laughs> a real you know competitive pga tour events yeah it's to me um something that should be on people's bucket list because you'll never see players in that light um and it's not just because it's fun because i think if you go to qb shootout you you get to enjoy the element and less people there and more interaction and opportunity to see players up close and not fighting crowds but when you get to see players and maybe this is because they have total booty fever, um, that that bias is creeping in, but um, <laughs> then you can be 
around guys interacting with their sons, fathers, daughters, dads. Sorry. Um, speaking of greenskeepers, we clearly have um, a situation behind me. Um, <laughs> no worries. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's something you'll never see anywhere else, and I don't know any other sport that puts on something similar to this. So uh, you're seeing, I mean, you have to be a major champion or a player's champion um, to qualify. And so you're automatically getting a treat by seeing some of the best players. Uh, It's so cool that Ian Poulter and his son came out to watch because unfortunately uh, love him to death, but Ian Poulter does not qualify to play unless if they open it up to Ryder cup and Solheim cup um, participants and uh, Pernilla Lindbergh, the major champion, was out there. So it's, it, I mean, if the players themselves are investing time because they see the value, um, that, that tells you something about what the tournament is. Uh, PNC, all the things that they do to accommodate the players, make it an enjoyable week, get, make them comfortable because I think that's a big yeah. part of getting them to kind of open up. Um, yeah, it's, I've gone every year except 2020 and, um, oh, wow. it was, I love it. Um, you know, people used to, it's come a long way too. You know, they, they kind of freshened it up this year. I mean, obviously Tiger and Charlie speak for themselves, but to have Nelly there last year, they brought in Annika, like, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's be honest. If you go and see the same you know, 20 players and their uh, family members every year, it's going to get a little stale. Um, it's hard to make that interesting and different from year to year. So they're, they're switching up the talent and also the wait list is so long. That's why they have the luxury of switching up the talent because yeah. so many people are interested in playing with this. I know Rich Beam and his son uh, played for the first time by way of a WD and Rich Beam is just such an awesome dude, such a great commentator, um, obviously a major champion, but um, the way he talked about it, his giddiness was very contagious. So um, it's, it's obviously great for the fans, but because the players enjoy it, that's what makes it great for the fans. Well, and whoever, you know, at PNC came up with this concept and said, you know what, let's slap some uh, sponsorship dollars behind that tournament deserves a massive raise. <laughs> whoever that individual is that uh, that came up with the idea, uh, they deserve a lot more. But um, I, I don't want to get too weird because, quite frankly, I, I find it a little bit over the top with the Charlie Wood stuff, um, you know, but. I thought I marvel at the kid's ability to just handle the limelight, you know, handle, I don't want to say pressure, but just people being around and, and wanting to see how he's doing and, and hopeful for his future. But like the, the interaction Charlie and Tiger had, and you know, the fact that they were able to play again, obviously is one thing, but you know, see, I, I don't know how a 12 year old kid goes out there and performs like that. And, and you know, just almost doesn't even acknowledge the, the crowd and the people and, and things like that. Um, what, what was the vibe you got from, from Tiger and Charlie that whole week and, and everything that went on? Yeah. I mean, I'm with you that it gets a little bit funky. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, but I also, I mean, I, I understand both sides when this guy is 12 years old and twirling clubs like that and pulling off shots and critical moments, um, getting his first Eagle. There's a lot of reasons why you kind of get sucked in and, um, it, it, you can tell he feeds off of it, but, um, 
I don't think people are talking quite as much that every other son, even um, Matt Kuchar's son, which I guess he's a little bit older, but even Henrik Stenson's son um, was doing interviews. Charlie was not. And so I do think that whether that's Papa Bear protection, um, because you just never know what's going to come out of a kid's mouth. So maybe it's safe than sorry, but um, there, there does have to be a little bit of removal and reminder that this is, and there were so many swing comparisons to like one year to year. And it's like, I get it because they do that with everyone, but it, it seemed worse because it was like, Oh my God, Charlie was the youngest kid in the fields. So um, yeah, it's, it is truly remarkable um, how, because remember in 2020, he did not have any fans out there, really. It was just family members for the most part and members. And so he had the cameras, but I mean, you added more elements this year and he mm-hmm. owned it even more. I mean, the smack talk with JT, we knew was going to be there. <laughs> but then um, their little putting contest in the money in dad's face sign was unbelievable on Saturday uh, as I think it was the 13th tee where there was yeah. um, some backup. So uh, it, it, you get captivated when you get a kid that young, who's you know acting like a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it was really cool to see. And I just say like, I mean, somebody brought up a prop bet of, or I should say it was a UK. Let me, let me rephrase that. There is a UK site that, you know, has odds set for uh, Charlie's first PG to win. Like, seriously, do you have any morals? <laughs> see, see, this is where, this is the portion where it gets weird. <laughs> that to me is, it's, that's where you lost my attention and respect, by the way. <laughs> Oh, a hundred percent. So, so for you, I mean, obviously we're a little over time here. I don't want to take up too much more, but obviously going to be another, you know, busy year, hopefully another great year for golf. There, there's so many talented players, so many great tournaments that we have to look forward to, but um, you know, I guess a peek into what your year is potentially going to look like, any things you want to share, promote uh, about what you'll be doing, please. Um, you know, I, I think the community would love to follow it. Yes. Well, it's, it's all very fluid right now. It just seems like, uh, like, even with PGA show um, and things that I was doing surrounding that um, COVID has reared its head again. So it's, it's difficult to put announcements out there kind of knowing what's happened the last couple of years and Mm -hmm. trying to be careful uh, about getting too excited and knowing that there's always a potential that things will shift, but I'll be doing plenty of PGA tour live um, and don't ask me the weeks because that (laughs) fluid um but i'll be out there and i'll keep people posted when i'm actually there and that's going to be really fun kudos to espn and pga tour for uh ramping up these streams and giving people options just like the manning cast and i'm not trying to say oh yeah like you know we're going to be like them but in the sense that the cast attracts a different kind of audience and Mm -hmm. gives you an alternate um in terms of what you can view that's what the goal of this mega deal with um, the four streams every tournament with PGA Tour Live is doing. So uh, you're going to hear different voices. It's going to be a fresh approach. It's going to be, at least when I'm calling the shots, literally a, a much different feel, a lot more energy. I'm 
there's going to be points where I might talk over shots and it's, it's going to be like you're watching in your living room instead of watching a golf broadcast. And I always tell people like, I'm not trying to be Jim Nance. I'm not trying to be rich learner because I'm not, I'll never be them. But I do think there's an appetite for the more casual um, experience. So excited to do that. And then on Sirius XMPG to radio, they were gracious to give me a show to talk about, not just the LPGA, uh, but an expanded role, be doing play-by-play for them. And then a two-hour show Wednesday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And that is going to be great because I'm oftentimes unfiltered, which is a blessing and a curse. Uh, <laughs> but it gives me the opportunity to really uh, get into every tour. As I outlined earlier, I'm an advocate for amateur, amateur golf. Um, I love chatting about just good golf stories. And um, we're going to have... Um, superintendents on we're going to have media officials tournament directors like people who make the game go Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna have you know the regular big guests too plenty of celebrities who just love to play and talk about golf that's all going to be there but i just love that my creative freedom can't the letting the freak flag fly is what's going to happen and so i get to uh really explore every angle of golf and uh i'm really excited for that well, that's that's really exciting. Just like the game of golf is evolving, how we view it, how we consume it um, needs to change and evolve as well. So that's that's really exciting to hear. Well, um, Chantel, thank you so much uh, for the time. Obviously, you know, if you're listening to the podcast or, you know, in the MDG community, please uh, follow her along on Twitter, you know, Instagram, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and we look forward to some great coverage this year. And, and again, another great year of golf. But appreciate you joining us. That's right. Respect everything that you're doing for the golf community. Keep it up. And uh, 2022 is going to be a banger. Thanks for listening to the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep giving Sully and Bogey a hard time. Powered by our presenting sponsor, Hall Financial, and also Tri-Covery Massage and Flexibility. 